Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Someone posted a, uh, a list of things everyone does at the drive-thru uh, and some of the annoying things that happen at the drive-thru. So, for example, if you go to uh, the same drive-thru every morning for your coffee or whatever it is you're getting your breakfast, we have our order in our, in our memory. So when it's our place to get to, to the spot, you don't need the menu. You've just got your regular order locked and loaded and ready to go. There's always that jerk in front of you who says, oh, I just need a minute and holds up the line, consulting the full menu, and then orders their normal thing anyhow. Crying out loud. <laughs> get your bagel and move along. We check the bag. Uh, we always check the bag. Now, right. usually they get it right, but as we learn from Leo Getz, they can F you at the drive-thru. Uh, they usually get it right. Sometimes they don't. So uh, now you have to check every single time because you're nervous. You don't want to get home and find out, like my pizza with the artichoke instead of the anchovy. I'll right. never let that go. Uh, some people even go the extra mile and check their receipt to make sure they weren't overcharged. Uh, eating the fries right away. I tell you, I am so guilty of this because they're hot and they're warm and they're ready. Yeah. If I got to do drive through and head home, usually the fries are three quarters gone by the time I get home. I agree. Yeah, because you can't risk the soggy fry. No. Like, you give a quick taste of the fry to make sure that they're fresh, and when they are fresh and hot and salty, you're like, okay, I'm just down in these things now. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, it's like when I go pick up a six-pack of beer and bring it to somebody's house, and three of them are gone. <laughs> thirsty on the way over. Uh, always asking, is the straw in there? Right. Ordering yeah. a Coke and hearing, is Pepsi okay? Of course, getting angry at the car in front of you for not pulling up another two feet. Again, we're just so impatient with everybody all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and it is true, especially when you, because now there's usually two ordering lanes and they mm. snake into one from the mm-hmm. windows. And you're like, you know, if you pull together a foot, I can get my order in <laughs> and beat this other guy. Like, yeah. like, they, like the rush is on. Yeah, Oh, yeah, constantly. And and I find if I've got, uh, you know, more than just me and, say, Maria in the car, if we got people in the back seat and we're going somewhere, we're getting drive through breakfast, I just roll down both windows on both sides and I say, everybody shout your own order. Oh, really? I, oh, I, can't, I wouldn't I can't. be able to handle that. I can't. I, I can't do the. Okay, I I want this without that, and I need a small juice and a large mocha, and I I can't. So, here's my order. Now you deal with you. Right. Um, the frustration of being told to pull around or pull into a parking spot mm-hmm. and wait mm-hmm. is one of you know <laughs> the most impatient moments of my life. Mm-hmm. You know because. Right away, I think like I just ordered something that is readily available at all times at your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going off the board, right? It's just you know a breakfast sandwich and whatever the heck it is you serve with it, and throw it in the bag and give it to me. I understand having been in that setting for very limited times mm-hmm. when we did like McHappy Day. Um, that okay, you know issues pop up, things happen. Uh, that might wait for, uh, require a one-minute to two-minute wait. Mm-hmm. But boy, that minute feels like an hour. Yeah, well, and I guess it's if special orders, right? Now, so for you with the burgers, if they come automatically with pickles and tomatoes, you're going to want them to take that off. But right. normally, but that isn't usually a a, a huge deal. I, 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 I think you're right, though. When you're in a car with a bunch of people and you're asked to go wait in, in a lane and you kind of... You get angry at anybody in the car. Like, well, if you had to have the salt removed, for, if you didn't have to have the salt removed right. from the fries, we'd be on our way right yes. now. Yes. Well, and so and and, but if you're doing that, because a lot of it, they don't. It's not that they don't want the salt; they just want to make sure they get fresh fries, mm-hmm. right? Some people uh, change the menu just so they make sure that it's fresh mm-hmm. uh, and just prepared for them. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, then you better be prepared to wait. Sure. Yeah. 
No, it's frustrating. The, the thing with the drive-through is you've got to deal with the people around us, and the people around us are <laughs> annoying as hell. <laughs> I tell you, after that first Leaf uh, win, five nothing. That many goals, this thing could be over in three. <laughs> is that possible? They should have a rule. If you hit, like, say, 20 goals, it's over. There's no chance for the other team right. to come back. Uh, they looked great and have a shutout in the playoffs. That's uh, that's uh, something. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. You think Tampa comes back to tie this thing up? Or are they, like, hurting? Are they struggling? They didn't seem solid. Uh, no, they weren't. certainly weren't happy. John Cooper said he wasn't really happy with the way his team played and you know, saying it was it was more on them than it was the mm. Leafs, but I think the Leafs look really good. I think the Leafs can win again at home, but uh, you know if you're if you're you know, we were joking yesterday, Kate and I, that you know the parade route would start just like the Raptors won at uh, at, at Exhibition Place. Remember, it, it went from Exhibition Place down to Lakeshore, then hooked up at York Street and all the way up to Nathan Phillips Square, right through University. I, and I was wondering if they. If they were, and I'm not saying that this is, you know. such a leaf fan. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not. But the thought occurred to me as I was joking about it. I don't even know if there's enough room for the amount of people that would be out uh, at that kind of parade route at Nathan Phillips Square. I think it would be absolutely overrun. Like, it was overrun with the Raptors one. It was insane. Uh, I, I think they'd have to move it to, like, the Downsview or Pearson or something like that to have the room for it. You know, I heard you uh, and Kate uh, just as the show was wrapping up yesterday and you were making the point about one of your boys. I missed which one you said wanted to go to bed and, and how, you know, uh, the Leafs aren't as important to his generation as they were to yours. And, you know, you, you made the comment and, and rightfully so about how when we were growing up, that's all you could see was the Leafs. And right. now, you know, uh, Christian loves uh, Vegas. And, and, and I've known... People who are a little older, like my kids' age, where, yeah, they were like Sidney Crosby fans, or they were uh, this type of thing. And so I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. There'd be boatloads of people. But I wonder if the enthusiasm for the Leafs is as strong in the younger generations as it is for your or my generation. I believe it's coming back. It's a, it's a generational thing. Mm. But there's, you know, and Kate was amazed to hear, you know, like Evan is, is a fan of Tampa Bay. Right. Right. And... I said, well, the Leafs have never won a playoff series mm. in his lifetime, mm-hmm. and he's a teenager. And I think more importantly, the point you made, which is right, is that he has the opportunity to watch Tampa whenever yeah, he wants. Absolutely, if you want to watch, you know, want to be a fan of Colorado, that game was on last yeah. night. You can watch all the games. Yeah, um, and you know, if you want to subscribe, you can watch any. You want to watch every Vegas game mm. and be a fan of them. You can. It's it's simple to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas that access when we were growing up just wasn't there. So. You know, combined with the fact the access to the games with the fact that the Leafs sucked for a good stretch of <laughs> right. the early 2000s. Yeah. And, and I think you lost a number of fans that are in their teen years right now who just, you know, weren't fans necessarily of the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. because other teams who they had access to watch had lost and built, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I think what the Leafs learned through that stretch is that mediocre doesn't cut it anymore you either have to be really good or be really bad and build back to mm-hmm. being really good mm-hmm. but there's a, a chunk of teams right in that middle of the pack that always seemed you know to all right well we'll make the playoffs but then it's a first round exit and the Leafs are uh, have been famous for that obviously uh, that you know I think lost a lot of their fan base mm-hmm. you know the Leafs have a historical fan base and in Toronto they will always be you know the church that sports fans go to but uh, you know it's part of it because you grew up with 
it being indoctrinated mm-hmm. into you because your father and grandfather and great grandfather were Leaf fans. No, for sure. I, I heard somebody say years ago, and this was during one of the Leaf droughts, uh, and maybe this was just uh, somebody dreaming up a way to see the silver lining in yet another loss uh, in a playoff run. But but I, I think it holds some water. There is this belief that if the Leafs, there's a concern. I, I don't know that it's necessarily would say current management, but there was this concern that if they ever did win a Stanley Cup, the anticipation of that Cup win would really sink it in sales the following year. And that... <laughs> People wouldn't pay all that money well, to go see that. To do now. Yeah, they want it. It's done. Yeah, you know, I've had my big O. It's over. I'm going to sleep. Right. Uh, I again, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. No, but the Cubs went like a hundred years without winning yeah. a baseball championship, and the the, the Red Sox went eighty something. Mm. Like, it, believe me, they'll they'll still come out. That well, they'll can't be, be fine. It. Yes, they'll be fine. Now, I will say this, and I, I don't know why it irritates me so much, but I heard John Cook in the afternoon yesterday. With Doug Elliott, and he called it the Skosh in, ref- in referring oh. to the arena. They're going to drop the puck at the Skosh. Oh, no. That has to be stopped. No. It's such a cheesy horror. I know people on the air think it sounds cool to say the Skosh. No. Douchey. It's yeah, douche. He called it the douche at that point. Yeah, you are the douche. If, if you, you are the douche, if we call this Skosh, it's the bank, if anything. Sure, or the vault, if right. you want. I, I don't know why they didn't come up with a better name like that. I mean, when it was the ECC and they called it the hangar. Fine. It was really cool. Yeah, fine. Yeah, and I like John Cook. He's a good guy. He sat in here, uh, filled in for you once when you were when you were off. Fine young fella. Right. I just got to smack that <laughs> Skosh out of him. Well, I know what I want for my birthday, Lucky. Okay. Write this down. Right. Uh, Snapchat is selling a new selfie-taking drone called Pixie. (laughs) Pairs with your phone and takes photos and video of you. Just just following you all the time? Yeah, just, you know, it's about the size of your hand, they say. Weighs less than four ounces. Unlike most drones, you don't control it. It can do four different things. Hover in place, orbit around you. Take a video as it flies away from you or follow you around as you walk or run. So you can constantly have video and snaps of yourself being taken. Imagine that. I mean, I guess it saves the people from falling over the side of the cliff trying to take a selfie now. (laughs) But then maybe those people should be falling off the side of a cliff. Sometimes you got to call the herd, you know. <laughs> we get to a point where drones are running into one another because there's so many of them following people around. It's crazy. Now, supposedly, this is kind of neat, I guess, about this. When you're done recording, and are you ever really done? No. Uh, you just put your hand out, and it lands on your hand. Wow. 230 bucks for this thing, or 250 if you want the extra battery and dual charger, and I need that. Yes, of course. Taking it into the bedroom. Right. <laughs> I will say, you know, <laughs> the drone would kill itself. Crash landing. Tora, Tora, Tora. Um, I will say, I will, I will say this about it, and I think it probably would be good. Uh, it would be good for golfers. Like if you wanted to, oh yeah, take a look at your swing, right? You know, that would be good. I think have it following you up the course. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, or at the driving range, just you know. Or maybe any kind of sport. I guess any kind of activity that you're practicing at getting better at, it would probably be good for that. But just to be, I don't know, walking around the Eaton Center would be a little annoying. You have this, you know, this whirling of drones going all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Problem is, if you take it into the bedroom, yeah. is that it would be constantly landing on your hand as you're begging for forgiveness. <laughs> 
It is first thing in the morning. Did you get a good night's sleep? It is said that uh, seven hours is the perfect amount of sleep to maintain uh, strong cognitive performance and mental health. Holy cow. Yeah, and I don't know the last time I had seven full hours of sleep in a row. Uh, during a weekday, no. Not even on weekends. Because I, I wake up a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I don't know that I go down. Like, if we go into bed at midnight on a Friday night, for sure I'm awake by, like, 6. And then I fall back asleep. But, yeah, I don't uh, I don't go through, I don't think, for a solid 7 ever. Really? Yeah, I, I got a call recently from a friend asking about, I guess, they've been told they need uh, a CPAP machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were asking because they knew I, you know, having talked about it here, having one and, and had one for years, uh, that you know they were they were just shocked by their own numbers basically uh, because they never felt like they were losing that much sleep. Mm. They would wake up, go to the bathroom once in the middle of the night, but just thought it was because they had to go to the bathroom, not necessarily because they were waking up all the time. Right. But then the numbers show that you know no, they were. We went and did that sleep study, and they found out that no, they were they were waking up a lot because they had stopped breathing in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think I snore as much as I once did. Maria will say that it's not nearly as bad as it once was. I've also lost about 30 pounds over the last uh, decade or so. When I was living in Windsor, I was just drinking so much beer and eating so much bad food all the time that I was snoring like a lot and heavy. Um, but I, I, I'm just so, for myself... Um, I I am so afraid of taking that test. One, because I believe they're going to tell me I need one. Because I, I, underneath, I really believe there's some kind of scam going on here. <laughs> but but I also just am so afraid that, you know, I don't think I... I really don't think I could sleep with that thing on. I, I have some friends who have had it and have given up on it because it, it just irritates the hell out of them all night long. Right. I mean, I couldn't even sleep with that mouth guard in to stop me grinding my teeth. I'd yank it out in my sleep. Mm-hmm. But I think I've also been someone who's had... And I've been blessed this way, I guess, in that going to sleep, I can sleep standing up. Yeah. Like, I I just fall on the bed and I'm out. There's not a whole process. People have to go through a whole process and pillows aligned right and all. Me, no. You know, down on the floor and out cold. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the case is that I'm not falling asleep, but rather passing out most nights. Uh, might be part of your sleep troubles. I, I really do. Uh, I know my dad was told he needed one. My dad's 83, and I think in his 60s or something, he was told he needed one. And he said, ah, the hell with that. Right. And that's probably where I get that from as well. What day of the week do you think we're most likely to hit the snooze button to try to get a couple of more minutes? Uh, well, t- Tuesdays would uh, would strike me as a day you need it. Mm-hmm. Mondays especially, like early week. Well, believe it or not, it isn't Monday. Most of us would think it would be Monday because we're like, oh, damn, it's a new week and I don't want to deal. Yeah. But it's actually today, Wednesday. Really? Yeah, well, I guess it's midweek and we've had enough already. Yeah. We'll hit that thing uh, once or twice. People, some people tell you they've hit it up to four times. Why don't can't you? Okay, if it's ten minutes and you're hitting it four times, <clears throat> and you normally get up at like seven o'clock in the morning, why don't you just set it for seven thirty? Right, and then get up at seven forty. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm guilty of hitting the snooze a couple of times, um, and I have tried to delay it. Mm. But the problem is, in my half-asleep state at mm. that point, I hit snooze again. Mm. And then all of a sudden, instead of waking up at 7.30 or 7.40, I'm, you know, I'd be closer to 8. Mm. Right? Because I've, I just, in the half, and I don't remember hitting snooze sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm that asleep that I just lean over, hit it, and, you know, boom, 
I was right back asleep again. So you must take the phone into the cone with you when you, when you go to sleep. <laughs> it's a bubble. <laughs> I was out uh, working with Ted Reader yesterday. That's why I was off. Katie was in, thanks to Katie. And uh, we were grilling. We were doing grilling at uh, Casa Reader. And his backyard, it really is like a, it's it's like where barbecues go to die. Uh, there's, he's got like hundreds of them. Oh, he? yeah. I think he's gotten rid of a lot of them. He said he had, had turfed a lot of them. Like he's... I was talking to him about, you know, it's a great example of a guy who, I think much like yourself, just a, a, a pack rat, you know, mm. and um, he's lived in that house for decades, and uh, you go in that backyard, and there's just circles upon circles of different grills. It's uh, it's pretty, it's a, it's a grill museum back there. Right, yeah. Anyhow, we were filming some segments for his, um, his grilling show that he's putting up on YouTube and other places. He's going to take over that YouTube with this grilling show. And, uh... We did three different segments, and it took all day. Filming things take a while. But I realized yesterday, because I have not, in decades, worked a full day. <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> it really... For, for those of you who get up every morning, get in your car, work full eight, nine hours, and, and then some... You got some respect now? I, I respect you uh, deeply. I mean, I've always known it's hard to work all day. Right. But I was well, exhausted. Well, because you watch a lot of people work. I've, I've seen a lot of people do it. Right. Yeah. Watched many of many a fella come into my home and build things and yeah. <laughs> fix things that I've broken, and I see people out there roaming about every day. Uh huh. To you, I salute you. Okay, because uh, I, I I realize I'm built for this four hours, <laughs> and, and that's it. Rock mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky, ninety four nine The Rock.